Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. I'm entitling the message today, Finding a Solid Rock in the Sinking Sand. I put that together just based on the fact that we sing an old song around the church, On Christ a Solid Rock I Stand, and all the other ground is sinking sand. It is very, very important for you to know where you stand and what you stand on. Jesus is the rock of ages. He is one on whom you can trust. We must come to grips with the fact that we're living in a culture whereby it is very easy for you to ignore the biblical prophecies being fulfilled right now because you just choose not to watch or not to listen. I'm amazed every week, three times this week, without me bringing up the subject, I heard this sentence by a young adult or a, or a uh, one of them was married, two were singles. They just made this statement. I never watch the news. I never watch the news. Or I never listen to the news. I encourage you to listen to the news. I encourage you to find out what's going on in your world. I want you to get a hold of what's happening every day, but I want you to base it on thus saith the Lord. And we're going to talk about today how if you know the word of God and you live by the word of God, those things won't trouble you, but they will keep you from making a lot of mistakes that have been made by those that have gone before you. You say, well, the news is boring. It's not boring anymore. And it is something that we need to know. But the good news, the good news is the gospel. That's what the word means. It's good news, good news. And uh, what salvation is, it's a new birth. It's a new life. And that is very, very special. If you've not received new life in Jesus Christ, we hope you'll do so today. But I want you to listen to the story uh, or to an excerpt out of the writings of the Apostle Paul to the church at Rome and I want you to hear what he said about himself. A lot of times when people are frustrated, they feel like, well, you know, I'm not as spiritual as I ought to be, or I, uh, I don't go to church, or I don't do this, or I don't do that. And I wish I could be like those other folks, and they never have any problems, it seems. But the Apostle Paul came from a very, very difficult background. He executed Christians. He was a genius, IQ. He would, he would uh, murder Christians. He would arrest them and put them in jail. He did everything imaginable that was an abomination to God. But one day, God knocked this Jewish man down on the road, blinded him, saved him, and sent him on a mission. Now, he was so good at, at being a doer of the word that God gave him an opportunity to write much of the New Testament. In his writing, no greater Christian ever lived. He was very honest. And you're going to see that today. He wasn't a, a goody two-shoes. He wasn't somebody that felt like, I got it all together, what's wrong with you? He simply oftentimes would just stop and say to the people he wrote, listen, I know what you're going through because I've been there. I know what you're experiencing. I know how temptation comes. I know how I find myself doing things that I'm ashamed of. And he just kept with confessing that, but at, as he would lay it before God, God kept strengthening day by day by day. Now I want you to find the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, 
If you have your Bible with you, I'm going to read from the 14th through the 25th verse. And I want you to see a man that's struggling. You can stand if you like out of respect to the word. I want you to see a man that was struggling with two natures. And you're struggling with the same two natures. There was the flesh and the spirit. He never got away from that. And you're never going to get away from it. But when you understand what they are, and that's what I'm hoping to help you with today, when you understand what they are, you will be able to deal with them in a way that will give you that solid foundation on which to live your life and that you will understand that God understands the storms that you're going through right now, whatever they might be. Now listen to what he said. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me that's in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not. But the evil which I would not that I do. Now if I do that I would not. It is no more that I do it but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law. That when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my body or in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And listen how he closes. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. May God bless the reading of his word. Would you be seated? Psychologists tell us that one of the principles of psychology is perception. You ever use the phrase, I just don't see it that way myself? Well, why don't you see it that way? You see... Where we are and what it determines a lot of how we look at things. If you'll check out your life, you'll see that we tend to believe what we, we perceive to be truth. I want to emphasize the perceive. We perceive this is right, and so we hold to that. But the problem is, many never ever in their whole life discern what is truth, or is there any absolute truth? If so, where is that absolute truth? And they come to the conclusion, well, I just don't think there is absolute truth. Well, if you don't think there's any absolute truth, then you have a tendency to jump around because the nature of the body and the flesh is not to do good, but to do bad. We tend to believe what we perceive to be true. Please hold that thought. Now I want to make a statement. I personally believe that absolute truth 
is in Jesus Christ. Now hold to that a minute. You have every right to disagree, okay? My opinion, plus a few dollars, will buy you a cup of coffee. But I want to tell you where I'm coming from. I believe that Jesus is absolute truth, and I believe that the Bible is the authoritative Word of God. That's one of the core values of our church, that we believe in the authority of God's Word. Now, there's a reason that I believe that. First of all, having read the Bible many times, there are many scriptures, but just a few of them. John 8, 32 and you shall know the truth, Jesus said, and the truth shall make you free. In John 1, 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. John 8, 46, which of you convinces me of sin? If I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Now, Jesus asked that question. If I tell you the truth, and is there anything more frustrating than telling somebody the truth, and they say, I just don't believe you. And you know good and well you've told them the truth. Listen to another scripture, John 17, 17. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. And then in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus wrote those classic words, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now you say, but I don't believe that. I believe that all the religions of the world are the same. They're just going up a different road. We're all going to the same spot. On what do you base that? Your feeling, your opinion, your education, as limited as it is, because the smartest ones among you, of us, may know one-tenth of one percent of all the knowledge that's available for you to learn with your mind. That's all you'll ever get if you're a Ph.D. And, every, and get every kind of degree that there is. So you've got to somewhere in your little area, you better come across the truth and believe the truth, or if you don't believe the truth, you're going to have all kinds of problems in your life. And when you face these problems, as I want to show you in a moment, you're going to make terrible decisions because you don't know, thus saith the Lord. You've not learned to just accept a simple phrase, if God says it, that settles it. And I'm just going to obey the Lord. My commitment is not to the Constitution of the United States, it's to the Word of God. I thank God for the Constitution, but the flag that I fly is not the red, white, and blue. The flag that I fly is the cross. The Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross. It is a cross that sets people free. I thank God for my nation, but I put it all in perspective. God has given us the greatest nation in the world, but it's by his stripes that we're healed. Amen. And there's a big difference, big difference. We all, again, have a tendency to believe based on our experience. Please, no response to this. Purely a rhetorical question. Have you ever heard an Aggie say anything good about a longhorn? Or vice versa. Now, where do they come up with that? Well, they, that, they perceive that if you love one, you probably don't like the other. If you were born in the North, you have one feeling about the Civil War. If you're born in the South, you have another feeling. If you live in Texas, you believe one thing. If you live in New York, you believe something else. What is that? Perception. If you're a male, you have your opinion. 
If you're a female, you have your opinion. Rarely are those opinions the same. And sometimes a man may not get an opportunity to express his opinion, but <laughs> that being said, it's only an opinion. If you are rich, you have an idea towards the poor. If you're poor, you have an idea towards the rich. If you're black, you have an idea towards the black and white. You see where I'm going with this? We tend to be found. If you're young, you have an opinion of old people. If you're old, you have an opinion of young people. You see where we're going in this? I'm just telling you, you can go a thousand different ways. But what if you have something that's truth to the old people, the young people, the black people, the white people, the rich people, the poor people, the saved and the unsaved, the good and the bad? Wouldn't it be wonderful? So this is the truth, Amen. and I'm going to walk in it. And I'm going to live every day based on, thus saith the Lord. I'm a Baptist, born in Pasadena, Texas, baptized at the age of seven in a Baptist church. We have Catholic people, Church of Christ people, all kinds of people. Everybody, if they're not careful, has opinion based on their denomination rather than thus saith the Lord. You can't get away from this, folks. Anywhere you go. I want you to know that churches can argue till they're blue in the face about what is true worship. I've seen it change in my lifetime many, many times. Traditions can become so strong that they replace God's will for today. But every individual has its own DNA. Every church has its own D DNA. Our church has a DNA. Intentionally, we have a DNA. There's some things in our DNA. Go out and look at the 40-foot mural in the foyer, and you will see the DNA of our church, the core values, if you please. Now, those are our core values, and we hold to them. If you go over and look at the only permanent booth in the church, you'll see it's a missions booth. Because, you see, our church believes in missions. Yes, we want to see this building filled. Yes, we want people to come here, but we want people to hear the gospel in the uttermost part of the earth. As I said last to you about Africa last week, with a church that never had more than 250 people, had 625 in worship service in the other side of the globe because our young people and our adults went to that part of the world and told them about Jesus Christ. We can rejoice in that. That's called missions. Missions is about being living proof of a loving God to a watching world. Missions is about not just me and mine, but what about those many people that have not heard? And we have made a commitment to the 3,800 unreached people groups on the face of the planet that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was a number a year ago. And when our leader came and told you, we're now under 3,000. 800 people groups have heard about Jesus this year through the cooperative efforts of people like Sage My Church that send its young people and its old people to the uttermost part of the world and support 10,000 missionaries around the world. Now that's a DNA. Now where's that all come from? Great Commission, God's Word. Go ye therefore, make disciples of all the nations. Teach them, baptize them, and all the things that I've commanded you, and I will be with you always. That is a DNA. There were years in my lifetime you would not dare have a counseling center. In fact, you didn't do counseling. You kind of took the idea in the church, we don't want that, you know. Uh, you know, that counseling stuff, you know, if they, got, if they made that bed, just let them sleep in it, you know. We have a counseling center here. It's one of the best in the world. With a, several staff members there. Why? Our DNA has changed. Sunday night services. 
I remember when we quit having Sunday night service after about 37 years. Man, I, some of my conservative brothers in the ministries, they just, they tack me all the time about not having Sunday night services. I tell them I give me or whoever's in this pulpit, whether it's Chuck or Wade or whoever it might be, that we promise to give folks enough to last them till Wednesday night. When you hear some of the preaching of some of these churches, you can see why they do come back on Sunday night because they didn't get anything on Sunday morning. But what we want you to do is go practice it. I mean, I lived in the lay of Southern Baptists. If you were Southern Baptists, our, our saint was St. Vitamins. And, and, and if you attended all of our meetings, you didn't have to live it. All you had to do was study it and get a diploma for it and put a blue ribbon up. You didn't have to practice any of this stuff. Just go learn you something else. Go learn you something else. But that's our DNA. Why? Because you see there is these natures that are fighting against people. And we've got to get something that goes with us when we're apart. When we leave here, this is, this is Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday. This is the Holy Sabbath. Tomorrow's a nasty Monday. And we have to get out there in the trenches. And we have to carry the truth. Now Paul in Romans 7 he says, I'm struggling with all this. Where we believe in much Bible at Sagemont, a lot of churches believe in no Bible at all. That's what we've got to center in. Where is truth? It's in Jesus. It is in his word. And Paul said, I know the law, but I also have something warring against me and against my nature. I know I'm born again, but I keep struggling. Why? Because when you start going against the devil, he'll come at you. If you're sitting here today living in sin and, and, the, and you're not having trouble uh, with temptation and so forth, you know why? Because you're already walking with the devil. You know, when you're going the opposite way, that's when you have trouble. You try to live a godly life. You try to be the young person God wants you to be, the husband God wants you to be, the wife God wants you to be, the employer, the employee, and you will butt heads with the world and Satan. His conclusion was, I'm having a lot of problems on the outside, and he said, but you know why? He said, because I got a lot of problems on the inside. I've got a war going on within me. You do too. If you're a believer, you do too. If you're a non-believer, as Satan gets you in his grasp, he does not want to let you go. But I, if I can just look at, why are my finances in such a mess? How many times have you got your finances in order for them to jump right back into the bad again? If you're having relationship problems, why are you back in the same problem again? Your health problems, your marriage, your business, your entertainment, whatever you want to talk about. Why is it you're struggling? That's our nature. The flesh is still there. And when we yield to the Word of God, one good, good things happen. But when we forsake the Word of God, it doesn't matter whether you're saved or lost, born again or not born again. When you forsake the Word of God, you're going to suffer for it. You ever ask yourself this question? I have. Why am I doing this? Why in the world am I doing this? Don't you wish it's as easy to lose weight as it is to gain weight? <laughs> you ever think about that? H have you ever thought, man, it's your, you know, I don't understand why it's so easy to get mad and so easy to get glad. I mean, so hard to get glad. 
You know, why is it that I can get mad real quick and it takes me three days to calm down? That's just the way sin is. You ever ask yourself the question, how did I get myself into this mess? And six months later, you ask the, the question, how did I get myself into this mess again? Well, why? Why? Why didn't you make the correction along the way? Why didn't you change the way you did things? You keep on doing what you're already doing, you'll always have what you already got. If you're living in a mess, you'll always have a mess. And we see people come and go all the time that they just absolutely refuse to yield to the will of God and they just follow Satan wherever he goes. What has happened? Why am I like this? So Paul gives us three things real quick. Number one, he said, I found out what my flesh is all about. The flesh is strong. We struggle all the time with it. Temptation is there and it's very hard to walk away. When I was a young man, an only child, my father knew that if he tried to rationalize with me or reason with me, he didn't get very far. If he told me, thou shalt not, I thought, well, I thou shalt not when you're watching. <laughs> but I did find out he had something in his repertoire that I forgot that one later on. It was called a good spanking. If you, know, if you don't know the definition of that word, it may not be in the dictionary anymore. But anyway, that's what happened. But many people have spent their life doing spiritual things and they're still empty. You know why? Because it's not by works of righteousness we've done. It's by his stripes we get healed. The minute you think you got it all together, you're in serious trouble. And let me tell you, when you've got it all together, you think. That's when you tell everybody else how they ought to be living their life. I try in my preaching and all of our other preachers try to tell you in their preaching, get back in the word. If God says it, that settles it. If I said it, that don't mean a thing in the world. Some of you need to check on who your, your favorite preacher is and where they're getting the word from. Is it their opinion or is it God's word? If you don't know God's word, you don't know whether they're preaching God's word or not. And here's a big problem. So many of us have got our favorite church or our favorite preacher and we have said, you study the word and you preach it and I'll believe it. No, no, you study the word and you see if it's being preached and God will open through his preachers the word of God, but you will know it's the word of God and then the application becomes real to you. But you need to know what does God say? Every one of you that watch on television need to check out whether God has promised everybody $10 or $100 or $1,000 if they'll send $100, they'll get $1,000. You need to check that out biblically. And it does not matter how many watch them and how many go, God's word does not teach that. God simply says, I will take care of your need, and if you'll glorify me, I will bless you, and no good thing will I withhold from you, and that's it. But it sounds good, don't it? I ran into a lady the other day that she had gotten her blessing. Guess what her blessing was? A new car. Isn't it interesting? I've yet to meet the first person that got their blessing, and their blessing was God gave them $10,000 so they could send it to missions. I've yet to see one. It's always about something about me and mine. I got this, I got that, I got a new this, a new that, a new that, and that's my blessing. That's not what the Word teaches. That's not what it teaches. Philippians 4.13 talks about the second one. Oh, by the way, let me, before I go there, let me give you the Jeremiah Scripture. 
17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But there's not only the nature of the flesh, there's the nature of the spirit. Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. God through the Holy Spirit wants you to have a new heart, a new birth, a new start, a new life. He wants you to get a hold of the things he has planned for you. And all he asks you to do is just read the directions. Just read my word. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That's the answer. When we live in a culture that wants to take the Bible out of the courthouse, Bible out of the schoolhouse, and in many cases the Bible out of the church house. No wonder we have such a confused group of people that call themselves Christians. When God's Spirit comes into you, the impossible becomes a possible. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, as I read a moment ago, Philippians 4.13. You can say with Paul, you know, if I live, I live unto the Lord. And if I die, I die unto the Lord. Therefore, whether I live or whether I die, I'm the Lord's. I'm just worried about my health. Don't worry about it. He's a great physician. Yeah, but the doctors say, let me tell you what God says. Nothing is too hard for me. I can heal of any disease. Yeah, but I'm just afraid. What are you afraid of? You think, you think that this earth is better than the next one? Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. What God's got prepared for those that love him. Yeah, but I don't want to go there. What? What are we saying? What you want to do is just get in the word and say, just be still and know that I'm God. I'm just worried about my children. Can you spend 24 hours a day with them, seven days a week? Well, no, that's my problem. Can I tell you one that will? And not for $12 a month? He's not sitting watching a monitor with a security camera. He sends his Holy Spirit to go with them. So here's what my dad told me when I was growing up. He knew he couldn't reason with me, so here's what he said. He said, son, I'm just going to leave it like this. Whatever you want to do, you just say, God, would you go with me? If God says, I'll go with you, go. If when you pray, Lord, I'm fixing to do such and such. I'm fixing to go out and get drunk with the guys. After we get drunk, no telling what we're going to do. Lord, I want you to go along, be at the party. I want you to know you've got a, you're an honored guest at the party. The Lord said, I'm not going. My answer was, well, I'm staying here then because I'm not going to go anywhere without you. I don't know how people get on the freeways around here without God. <laughs> I mean, everywhere you look, everywhere you look, Diseases on every hand. Everything's contagious. Everybody's coughing, sneezing. You know, we go on and on and on. But I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. All of us need to understand the nature of the Spirit. God's Holy Spirit. God said, I'm going to go back to heaven. Jesus said, it's best for me to leave you because if I don't leave, the Comforter won't come. See, there's no way if Jesus were here today that he could go to lunch with, with all of us, right? If he were here, he could not. But the Holy Spirit can go to lunch with you today. He can be with you this afternoon. He can be with you tonight. He can be with you the rest of your life. That's the way he set it up. See, the Lord knew that Paul was going to need the Spirit. He knew I'm going to need the Spirit. He knows you're going to need the Spirit. And as he lives and reigns, we're able to take the Word and move forward. And then finally, there was a nature of the flesh and the spirit there was a nature of the of the conflict that's the war 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers of darkness. That's what's coming down upon us. The devil's out to destroy our marriages, destroy our families, destroy our health, destroy our business, destroy our children, destroy our country. You name it, the devil's out to destroy it. That's just the nature of it. That's the reason Jesus had to come. Galatians 5, 17 says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Sometimes you're going to find yourself tempted, and probably you already have many times, you're going to find yourself being tempted to do the very things you really don't want to do. I've never seen a man that says, I just want to go out and do something that will destroy my marriage or my health or my business or my money. I've never seen that. Never have, not one time. But what happens is the devil keeps on and Satan and the demons of hell, come on, come on, everybody's doing it. But the choices you make will determine the outcome of your life here and in eternity. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12:1, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when you shall say, I have no pleasure in them. When I talk about don't listen to the news or don't watch the news, every week, Across the screen comes names of many of America's idols. Rodriguez, Armstrong, Bieber, Jackson, Baldwin, Loanne. It was a Martin Zimmerman thing the last few weeks. You wonder. Do you know the rest of the story? Do you, do you know what's happened to some of these folks? Do you keep up with, no, I just know that they did this, they're doing that, and I just can't wait to see them, and I've got an autograph. On. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Be sure your sins will find you out. And if you can just keep up with those folks and understand that, listen, if you choose to disobey God's word and the truth and live a lie, you will experience the result of that but you'll find no fault in Jesus. Pilate could find no fault. Herod could find no fault. You can find no fault. God will change you inwardly, and it'll change what you do with your life. And people ought to be able to see on the outside who we are on the inside. Today, you could be transformed from looking at the future from human perspective and seeing the world and looking at it through the eyes of God. The Lord has told us we can stand on the solid rock. We do not have to fall into sinking sand. We do not have to be one of the statistics. And every survey that I have read in the last 10 years has said that Christians today in those areas of life that are so controversial that those that claim to be Christians are no different in their life than those that claim not to be Christians. The inconsistency is there's a lot of people that claim to be Christians that don't know Jesus. There's a lot of people who claim to be Christians because they go to a church by a certain name. That makes them a Christian. Not so. You must be born again. 
This week I had just a few minutes to spend with my buddy Ernest. I hate to use people's name in the pulpit because this sends the devils out after him, I know. But Ernest is our paper man down here under the freeway. I didn't go by there today. I went across the freeway, but if you went by, I guarantee you had something to say about coming to church, going to church, meeting him at church, going to the cross or something. <clears throat> Ernest spent most of his life in the penitentiary. He came to Houston hating God and hating the Word of God. But I had a chance to spend a few minutes with him, and Ernest is so humble. He came over, and I put my arm around him, and he said, you know, preacher, he said, I just looked back, and he said, let me tell you real quickly. He said, you know, all that time when I hated God and hated Christians, he said, I read the Bible. He said, I read the Bible because I wanted to beat them on the head with their own Bible. And he said, I know the Bible. He said, I wanted to argue, show the contradictions, all that kind of stuff. So he said, I knew the Bible. I just hated the God that's supposed to have written the Bible, and I hated people saying, that said they believed the Bible, but I knew the Bible, and then I got born again. He said, now that I'm born again, I thank God for all them bad years when I was learning the Bible because now I know the same scriptures, same verses, same words, but what a difference Jesus has made in my life. And now I know how to believe it instead of fight it. And he said, I just love to throw it up in Christians' faces and try to disprove it. I said, how good you do? He said, well, I didn't do very good. But he said, I'm on the right side now because this is truth. It's good to know the truth. But it's a shame to not know the truth when you say that you're a Christian. Study the book. Spend time in the Word. This is your love letter. Girls, you'll never get a better love letter from any guy than this one. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Workmen that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. That's the way you stand strong. Know the Word, obey the Word, and enjoy the benefits. No weapon that's formed against you will prosper, the Scripture says, because this is the inheritance of the children of God. This is the last will and testament from God to you. I'll be with you now, and I'll meet you when you step into eternity. Now go your way today, and when the devil comes, all you've got to do is just say, Jesus loves me, this I know. That's not Scripture, it's just a good song. But at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Take the name of Jesus with you. Take the word. I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. That's what he said. Believe it and benefit from it. Let's pray. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. In just a few moments we'll be walking out into a sinking sand world. The world will fade away. But the word of God will live forever according to the scripture. There's limited time. Jesus may come in your lifetime. He may not. But there is appointment day. There is an appointment day. Tomorrow we will bury a man, Dr. Ronnie Henson. Last Saturday, he was fishing in Galveston Bay. Today is in eternity. You never expect that to happen. But none of us know what another day will bring. But the Lord said, if you'll follow me, I'll not withhold any good thing from you. This is your moment of decision. With heads bowed and eyes closed, you can just pray this simple prayer. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I understand what the preacher has said today and what Paul said. I'm just like Paul. I want to do good, but I don't. I try, but I fail. 
but I know you still love me. But, oh, God, teach me your word. Teach me your way. And then come live in me so I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So come into my heart. I don't want to know you just in my mind. I want to experience you in my inner being. I want to know your word. Make it a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, to hide its word in my heart, your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. So help me, Lord. You know my heart. You know my situation. You know my temptations. You know from whence they come. But I believe that you that are in me, if I will invite you in, is stronger than he that's in the world. I'm just going to believe the Bible. And I'm going to live the rest of my days serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.